Lawson, quick off, quick off the bat there. I was just, just, just ready to go. He is, he is so keen. I was, just- was going to say, and this is Faith of It was going to be like a really smooth transition, but it was not. You missed the jingle. Uh, now I'll never live it down. You watch me. They'll, they'll be making fun of the way I speak and I'll, I'll be, roll. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Shell's just clipped that and you know, oh, wild. Okay. So we've got some people who are struggling to get the quiz done because they're missing out, you know, maybe jumping in their car and tuning in a little bit later. Mm. Uh, and they're missing the earlier clues to the quiz. And so the solution to that is very simple. You get the app and you just, uh, no, you don't get the app. You go to the podcast what, what and you wrong? do it as a delayed broadcast. The podcast doesn't actually have the quiz on it. Well, there you go. Mm. Well, we're going to have to come up with a solution here. We well, will, no, we will solve actual, this problem. The actual solution is know. that you don't have to just listen to the radio in your car. So, like, for me, at least, anyway, like, I, I listen to... I listen to radio. I listen to Faith FM. Uh, when I wake up in the morning, um, I have... A, pair of headphones sitting beside my bed like uh you know they're they're like the airpods uh-huh. they're not airpods they're like a different brand but because i because i have a samsung okay. anyways I, you're cheap. Oh, they were <laughs> mate oh don't even give me stuff <laughs> uh, my phone was not cheap <laughs> uh no so yeah i basically just open the case pull out the earphones like the the airpods they immediately connect to my phone i put them in my ears click play on faith fm and then i get up luckily my airpods are they're um waterproof too so i literally get up you know, run downstairs, get in the shower, put my clothes on. I'm going to be listening to Faith FM for like 20 minutes before I've even left the house. Very cool that, stuff. That, that is like, that. that's the ultimate solution. But the it other is solution there. is that you can just click play on Faith FM wherever and just get in. All right. Okay, let's uh, go to text messages. We love to hear from you guys. So send us your messages on anything that we talk about here. You can agree or you can disagree. And we will agree or disagree with you. But anyway, <laughs> whatever. Uh, Walmart, great idea, but what is the catch? Nothing is free in this world. If you work for Walmart. <laughs> this is the catch right here. Yes, this is the catch. You have to, the catch is that you get to tell people when they ask what you do, like, I work for Walmart. <laughs> okay. The Holy Grail and the Catholic Papal Invention is a pa- the Catholic Papal Invention to help with the sale and worship and salvation of relics. And relic mongering has been a very, very long tradition within that particular faith. Mm. Uh, and you can uh, particularly go to Europe and you go to those churches, they're just full of relics of all kinds of stuff. Uh, okay, in relationship to the religious liberty stories that we just covered, it's, it's called communism. <laughs> Total church and state ideology. Welcome mm. to the New World Order. Just wondering how much worse it can get. Well, if you're wondering about that, might I suggest Revelation 13? That will tell you how much worse it can get. Oh, dude, I did a Bible study with that on, on that with someone like yesterday. Yes, yesterday and I know that many of you are familiar with Revelation 13, but for those who are unfamiliar, go have a read. It is hectic. It is end time, and you will see how far our world will go in repressing religious liberty. Mm. Aren't you glad we know how it will end? That text message finished with it. That's fantastic. Absolutely, we do. And this is the wonderful thing about Bible prophecy is that it ends with victory and hope. Mm. Okay, the COVID think tank. Managing time is one of the hardest things to do, but with practice and boundaries it can be done. That is within reason and circumstances. Praying it really helps. And finally, a bunch of sad faces here. No, a bunch of 
bunch of crying faces. Oh, like really super sad faces, uh-huh. not just you know, not just with the mouth sort of going down, but tears, like, tears. like bucketing out. Wow, out yeah, because I missed the end last night. Oh. But we'll watch it sometime today. Yeah, catch up 100%. sometime today. Yes, dude, so good. Just head over to YouTube, go to the end digital. It's all there. And you can catch up on last night's presentation. You know, I was thinking as you were telling that story about managing time that I just, I just don't manage time. Just don't. You know, I'm actually, I don't believe in it. Just, just run yourself into the ground. That's, that's, that's the way to go. Yeah, this is, um, <laughs> this is Lawson just don't who is. Sleep. <laughs> Ignore, ignore Lawson. <laughs> ignore me. Be, be playing at the, the sensor button now. Producer, oh. Cheryl, couldn't we just delete the last minute of, uh, <laughs> of what Lawson just said? the dump button. Just like, dump just all of that. Do we have a, do we have, I do have minutes delay out there. I do think, we? I think about like eight seconds delay. Eight seconds delay. You can hit uh, the button, uh, we, the trap door button, the one that sends yes. me under the studio. And <laughs> that's what happens. If someone, if someone accidentally says bad words on the show, we actually have a trap door button that, where we send them, we send them under under the studio. <laughs> A lot of people under our studio. Um, no. <laughs> let's get to our Bible study and let's talk about something that yeah, is yes. actually real. <laughs> yeah, amen. Genesis chapter thirty nine. Uh, we're going to pick up where we left off. We read we read verses one to six. Let's just read those again, just to kick us off, uh, because we need to do a pick up from yesterday. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Genesis 39 and verse 1 to 6, the Bible says, When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was the captain of the guard of Pharaoh, um, the king of Egypt. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything that he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything that he did. This pleased Potiphar, and as soon as he made Joseph his personal attendant, he put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly, and all his crops and livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing, except what kind of food he would eat. Joseph was very handsome and a well-built young man, and Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. Okay, there you go. There's the first six verses of that particular chapter right there. And what's interesting is that in the Bible, how often do you find a description of a person's physical appearance? Um, not super often, but they're definitely there. Like there's, a, there's, there's one or two. Yeah, in David's case. Yes, uh, but it's rare mm. because God doesn't really look at you know what we consider to be beautiful or otherwise because, well, that changes over time. And with different cultures, different cultures, different time periods appreciate different physical characteristics about human beings. Mm. And so that's a very changeable thing and a very subjective thing. Mm. And God's real interest is what's in your heart. Yeah. However, this is actually a part of this particular story where obviously Joseph was a very good, uh, you know, a very, a very good looking guy. And Potiphar's wife, his boss's wife, is keen on him. Yeah. Okay, so now let's think about Potiphar for a moment. Potiphar for a moment. Potiphar is the, you know, he's he's basically in charge of the 
Potiphar, uh, Pharaoh's secret service. Mm. So he's one of the highest ranking officials in the land. And within that culture of that time, what are the chances that his wife was unattractive? Um, he's a powerful guy. Yeah, probably low. Like probably very low because he he's got the pickings. Like that's yes. the reality. You're in a hierarchical society. In that kind of culture in those kind of days, you could trade your wives out. If you're in that position, you can trade your wives out as easily as you trade livestock Stock, and yeah. and just and just choose somebody else. Yeah, you know if they if they don't suit you, it was well. We already saw it happen in the, in the life of Abraham. Like we already saw where yeah he was like oh well I'll just take Sarah as my wife. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So we've, got, we've got a wild text message coming in here. Yeah, yeah, what does it say? Uh, Lawson needs to eat a potato <laughs> and let Lyle get on with his good explanations of the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> That's from Margie. Well done, Margie. Yo, I, Margie, you're my new hero. I did. I, I got a... I got a I got a text message as well. Okay. From my friend, Yana. She said, don't lie about the trapdoor. Maybe do the Bible study. Thou shalt not bear false witness. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then a, a more serious one that just came through. Most of the country is in lockdown. Just put radio on 88. Easy. I guess Freco, who's sending this one through, has uh, Faith FM on 88. Here, of course, in the, our local area, it's 87.6, but mm. 87.6, 87.8, or 88, one of those three. Mm-hmm. That's the best thing you can do during lockdown. Absolutely. Yep. Okay, so where were we? Ta- we were talking about. Uh, let's get back to our. Let's get back to our Part Bible study wife. to save to save Lawson from eating a potato. <laughs> that's that's pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the best. I love this person. Um, <clears throat> okay, so it's you know within that culture at that time, it's probably it's highly likely that she was young mm-hmm. and that she was stunning. Yeah, and. Uh, she would have been, you know, attractive to Joseph as well. Now, Potiphar, of course, being in charge of the Secret Service, he would have spent a lot of time away from home. Yeah. And uh, that would have given her, well, a lot of opportunity to feel lonely mm. and a lot of opportunity to flirt with Joseph. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you, but I think we're all red-blooded males and it's kind of... Good for your ego when girls flirt with you. Dude, bro. Particularly attractive ones. It sends your ego through the roof. And for guys, we have this thing called an ego and we kind of love it. Well, like, that's why, like, flirting, like, okay, flirting inappropriately is always a bad thing. A terrible thing because it's a trap. But I think flirting in and of itself, like if it's between, you know, a, a couple or people who are courting or whatever. I flirt it's with like, my wife all the dude, time. Dude, it's like the best thing ever. Absolutely. Isn't it just uh-huh. you because you feel good. Yes. Like it makes you feel you have good feelings towards this person. And in the context of marriage or relationship, it's because, you know, you've got that bar- like that bind, you've got that tie. And so you're expressing your interest in one another. It's like great. But, uh, yeah. You it, put it in this context. In this context, it is a it is a trap. It is just the worst trap ever. Mm. Okay, so he's got this beautiful woman. We assume that she's a beautiful woman who is flirting with him on a daily basis. Mm. And he is he's the foreman who is in charge. He is running everything. He is the one who has the opportunity to make pretty much any opportunity he wants. Yeah, he's so well trusted. At the same time, at the same time, he's still a slave. Wow. 
And as a slave, he has no rights. Mm. You don't have a right to marry. You don't have a right to be with somebody. Uh, he's probably young. Um, men, you know, reach their peak of testosterone about the age of 18 um, through their early 20s, and he's probably in that age bracket there where his hormones are just kicking in like crazy and the temptation is at full strength. Mm. This would be tough. Yeah. And on top of that, as a slave who has no rights, he, he, he can't look forward to getting married. He can't look forward to being with somebody. He has this opportunity. Not only has he got this opportunity, he has, he has, you know, with the opportunity would become would come more favors. I mean, if he becomes the, um, the man on the side for Potiphar's wife, mm. then. Uh, well, he's going to get more and more and more privileges. So he's yeah. kind of he's kind of done this lightning climb up through the ranks to the point where he has a tremendous amount of privileges, and he has the opportunity to get a whole bunch more. Mm. Right here, mm-hmm. that's tempting. He's got a lot of temptations. Now let's take this one step further. What has he got as far as modelling goes? You know, what has been modelled to him? Has has, has high moral Oof. standards been his uh, the, the model that has been passed down to him by his brothers, his <laughs> father, his grandfather, and his great-grandfather. Well, like, as we've been looking at in the lesson, like, no. We've mentioned this before. So Abraham had two wives at the same time. Mm. That was a terrible idea. Uh, you've got Jacob, who has four wives at the same time. It's mm. an even worse idea. You've got the whole story of Shechem that you dealt with in, in, in detail earlier on in the week, mm. which was just mind-boggling, like, just... Don't even go there. <laughs> then you've got you've got the one story of Judah, right? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, Tamar. Judah and Judah has a wife, but he has a mistress, mm. and the mistress has three kids. So this is not, you know, a one-off fling. It wasn't just some random kind of thing that you could say, "Oh, that was a mistake." Not that there ever is a mistake in these kind of circumstances. Mm. Uh, this was nothing like that. So he has a wife, he has a mistress, and then his wife dies, and so he goes and chases harlots and prostitutes. Yeah. And the way the Bible writes the story is very casual. I want you you, you go back and you read the uh, the story as you'll find it in Scripture, how it records what Judah is up to there in Genesis chapter 37. It's incredibly casual. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, this is what he did. It kind of, kind of gives you the impression that this is what the brothers did. Mm. This is how they lived. You know, they had wives, they had mistresses, and they had harlots. Yeah. Whew. This is this is this is where this is where Joseph has come from. Mm. This is his background. This is his moral background. And now this woman is chasing him relentlessly. Wow. This is a lot of temptation. Let's go to Genesis chapter thirty nine, verse seven through ten. It says in, well, we'll pick it up from verse 8, where the Bible says, But Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you. Because you are his wife, how could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin even against God. Wow. So, you know, he begins by pointing out that, you know, there's a thing called the bro code Mm. and he's not going (laughs) to violate that. Mm. But then he takes a step further and he's like, 
Brocode aside, this would be a sitting against God. You know what? This mirrors so heavily is the story of the original sin, like the story of the first sin, um, I should say, of yeah. of Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. We, where you see this circumstance where it's like, hey, my master has given me everything except you. Right. Why, w- why would I even take that step? Why would I? I like, uh, you know, he's making the point. I am the most free slave. Like, I'm not in a good circumstance. It's different in the beginning because they're in a fantastic circumstance. Yes, Joseph's like, look, I'm a slave, but he's in a good circumstance I, for his for his but, uh, for his conditions. Yeah, he's like, I am in a great circumstance as a slave. Why would I? Why would I take that from myself? Like, why would I put myself in that position where I I ruin that? Um, like, not just from a you know a career standpoint but from respect out of the person who put him in that circumstance which was you know because this uh, potiphar bought him from the ishmaelites like potiphar wasn't the his brothers potiphar wasn't an ishmaelite Potiphar, he's an egyptian, he's an egyptian. he doesn't know he's his background he's just bought a slave but potiphar being like a, a seemingly a noble guy has seen joseph for what he really is a great talented person and said well you potiphar know what is no fool like look i bought you as a slave but I'm going to make you something. Like, I believe in you. He's given, like, everything to Joseph that Joseph could want or need as a slave, like, in this terrible circumstance. And and Joseph just so is strong, is so strongly convicted. He stands up to the temptation of, of covetousness, essentially, which I believe is the, 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 the temptation that ultimately led Adam and Eve astray. He stands up to that and says, why would I need that? I have everything I need. Like, he's only held back from me... He's only held you back. And and he's like and and he knows why. He's like because you're his wife. Like what Yeah, it's it's amazing to see that Joseph has real perspective on his situation yes. rather than the perspective that we oftentimes have and that Adam and Eve had, which is that oh, actually we need that sin. Mm-hmm. When the reality is it's like if we just put our lives in perspective, you know, if we look at our lives through heaven's eyes, we see the fact that you no know, God has given us everything that we need to succeed, be happy, be satisfied. Um, and this is where Joseph's at. Mm-hmm. And so he stands up. I think it's amazing. It is. It is indeed. All right. So uh, which verse did you get up to right there? Uh, I read verse 9. Read so, for us verse 10. She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her, and he kept out of her way as much as possible. Okay. And you can imagine the kind of pressure wow. that she's putting on. Mm. Uh, and this would not be hard for her to do so because she is in the house with Joseph all the time, and she would know how to make herself attractive. Oof. That would be a tough situation. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And this is certainly something that Joseph refused to do as Potiphar's wife just kept turning up the pressure more and more and more Mm -hmm. on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. wearing him down, thinking that she could win at some particular point. It's it's rough, you know, when you are dealing with temptation and you are dealing with temptation with relationships with other people and sometimes you can go into that relationship and in this case, of course, it was an employer-employee relationship. Mm. You can go into that relationship with the best of intentions and then the other person doesn't play fair. Yeah. And the question that then arises is when the other person doesn't play fair, what do we do? Mm. Do we blame the other person? Ooh. You know? And I think in this situation, it would have been very, very easy to blame Potiphar's wife. 
Mm. You know, she wanted it. Yeah. She was asking for it. And which she actually was. She literally, she like, literally like, was. This was this was not a, 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 a situation that was like you know David and Bathsheba, mm. where David you know has the power and takes what he can because he can. Mm. Not at all. This is the flip side of that coin, and it's a very very real situation that does happen from time to time. Like like a lot. Like it does in it's, our world. It's, yeah. it's fifty fifty in our world when it comes to these kinds of situations. Mm. We we need to recognise that. I think we kind of live in a world at the moment where men do tend to cop a bit of a bad rap from time to time mm-hmm. as being you know the, the major perpetrators when it comes to uh, sins of immor- immorality. And well, there might be a level of. Um, there's like there's, there's, there's no question there is truth to that. Yeah. The que- the key thing here is that um, it, the key issue is the issue of personal responsibility. Yeah. It's also like the the thing that enabled this is ultimately power. I, yes. And I think that no matter which gender is that's right. Who has the power imbalance here? Yeah. It's Potiphar's wife. Absolutely. She's got massive amount of power because. His entire life is held in her hands. Mm. And we, we see what happens. Like, literally, we just keep Don't reading. Go. Don't go. We're not going to read. We're, We're going to read. Keep that to tomorrow. Yeah. I'm but, itching to go there, but that's yeah. tomorrow's Bible study. Uh, you, we, we all, but, but literally, there is a massive, massive power imbalance here. Mm. And, uh, you know, we talk about power rape, and power rape is what happens where a person does not have the ability to consent. Mm. What you've got here is a situation where part of his wife actually tries to power rape him. Mm. But he does not consent. Wow. And that is, you know, because she has, she's like, well, you know, the reality is, and, and, you know, she holds his life his existence, his job, everything in her hands. Mm. She has all the power. He's a slave. He has none. Mm. And, you know, terrible things happen to people at times, but Joseph refuses to consent in this situation, and as we're going to find out tomorrow, it has terrible, terrible consequences for him. Mm. He does the right thing because it is right. He leaves the consequences with God. And it has just the most awful, awful consequences. Mm. Which then turns out well in the end, but that's all for tomorrow's story. All right, let's get back to our Bible. So let's go to Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to start reading in verse 43. We've got a bit of a passage here to deal with. And the real question is, what happens when we are facing temptation? And the people who are involved in temptation, you know, if you apply biblical principles to all your relationships, even when the other person is not playing fair Mm. how should we live Mm. matthew chapter 5 verse 43 start for us there the bible says you have heard that the law says love your neighbor and hate your enemies but i say love your enemies pray for those who persecute you in that way you will be acting as true children of your heavenly father wow let's stop there for a moment what does the bible say that we should do to our enemies those who are not playing fair love them love them Mm mm-hmm Yes, and do what for them? Pray for them. Wow. Mm. This is a question that came through on the end digital last night, and somebody was like, how do I love my enemy? Yeah, well. And Charissa brought out the point that the Bible doesn't say like your enemy. <laughs> yeah. 
You don't have to like them. Mm. There's a difference between loving somebody and liking somebody. Loving somebody means that you want the best for that person. Loving somebody means that you want to see them in heaven. Mm. Loving that person wants, means that you want to see the power of the Holy Spirit change their life so that they can experience the good things that you are experiencing. Mm. The Bible does not demand that you like that person, that you like what they do. Mm. Bible doesn't demand that at all. The Bible says, "No, love your, love your, love your enemies. Mm. Do good to them." And that's a massive challenge for anybody. And so somebody was asking last night, how do you actually do that? And it can be very challenging. And really what it comes down to is this. When you've got somebody who is an enemy, spend some time praying. In fact, pray about this every day. And pray that God will give to you a heart of love for that person so that you will actually love that person. Mm. That you will truly, honestly want to spend eternity with that person. Mm. And you might get down on your knees and say that prayer and get back up feeling exactly the same way as you were feeling before. Well, do it again the next day and the next and the next and keep doing it until you change. Because the Holy Spirit will step by step change your heart, change your mind. You will become a different person. You will have a different attitude towards that person. You may not like them, but you will love them and mm. you will want what's best for them. What verse did we get up to? We got up to, oh, I think halfway through verse 45, it continues on and it says, um, For he gives sunlight to both the good and the evil, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. Yeah, wow. So God, how does God respond to people who do not love him? Um, he blesses them. Yes. They get rain. They mm-hmm. get sunlight, just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets the same thing. Okay, keep going. It continues on in verse 46. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even the corrupt tax collectors do that much. If interesting interesting uh, observation right there. Yeah. Isn't it? Because you know, when you talk about the tax collectors back in the day, they were really rip-off merchants. Mm-hmm. They they got their job by putting in a tender as to how much revenue they thought they could raise, and once they raised that, they could keep whatever was left over. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, keep going. Finish finish it off it here. It says, if you are kind to only your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even the pagans do that. But you are to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. There's a great passage right there, you know, and it talks about, you know, even the most wicked people, they love their friends. Mm-hmm. There's nothing special about that. Let's love our enemies and we will be like Jesus Christ when we do so. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. All right, well, that means it is now time for... Question of the Day. So uh, are we answering two questions now? Uh, No, let's just start with Freco's question. Okay. And let's see how we go with that. Freco's question was, did Joseph have to marry Potiphar's daughter? That's essentially the the gist of the question, right? Because he ends up becoming... It says, was Joseph's wife the daughter of these two, that's Potiphar and Potiphar's wife, when he is governor? Yes. Okay, so interesting question. So Mm -hmm. Potiphar's wife... uh, Sorry, Joseph's wife's name was Asenath. Mm Mm-hmm. And she was the daughter of the priest of On, mm-hmm. whose name was Potiphera. Oh, 
Yes. So you can read this if you go to Genesis chapter, uh, you can go to Genesis chapter, where are we here, uh, 41. Go to Genesis 41. You can read the whole story. And when you come down to, or towards the end of the chapter here, let me see here, uh, verse 41, Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Uh, So Joseph became prime minister or grand vizier. Uh, Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand, put it on Pharaoh's hand and clothed him in vestures of clothing of fine linen, put a golden chain about his neck and made him to ride in the second chariot which he had. And they cried before him, bow the knee, he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without you shall no man lift his hand or his foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name zaphnath paneah and gave him to wife Asenath, the daughter of Potiphera, priest of On. And Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. And so the question here is, are these two Potiphers the same Potiphar? Now, I think that the indication is that they are not. Mm. The Bible does not say. But you've got Potiphar and you've got Potipharah, which are two slightly different names, a little bit like Belshazzar and Belteshazzar. They are similar but not the same. Mm. And when you have names that are similar but not the same, typically in the Bible, the Bible is differentiating between two different individuals. You've got Potiphar, who was a warrior. He was the captain of the king's personal guard. Um, So these were professional soldiers of the highest order. These were the elite of the elite. Mm. They were the secret service. Mm. Could he have also been the priest of On? It's possible, but less likely. Yeah, it's more likely that the priest of On was a clergyman mm-hmm. rather than a warrior. And the fact that the Bible mentions him as the priest of On, Potiphar the priest of On, rather than Potiphar, the, um, the, 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 the secret service guy, the, the warrior, the, the king's you know, personal bodyguard, gives a clear indication that the Bible is differentiating between the two Potiphar's and it's trying to avoid confusion. So it's like, okay, you've got Potiphar who's in charge of uh, the king's personal guard and you've got Potipharah who is the priest of On. So they seem to be two very, very different people. Mm. Now what's interesting here, of course, is that uh, Joseph marries this girl who is, uh, her name is Asenath, and Joseph maintains his allegiance to God and he raises his two sons in the honour and worship of God. Uh, Manasseh and Ephraim, they receive the blessing of Jacob when Jacob come down, comes down some years later. And so it seems that despite the fact that he marries a girl who is the daughter of you know, one of the most important religious figures in Egypt, in the Egyptian empire, which was the most powerful empire in the world, it does not break his allegiance to God. Mm. And he is able in that environment to raise his children. And, and we don't know the full story. You know, we don't know. What What about Asenath? Did she give her life to God as well? Did she give her life to God before they got married, after they got married? There's a lot of un- un- unanswered questions here that one day in heaven we will have to ask Joseph. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.